You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. The Dave Rothenberg Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, yeah. And here we are. One hour in the books, two hours to play with as we count down to 815 tonight. Today's a couch day. Today is a I'm on the couch at noon. I got some college basketball. I'll get ready for the 430 game. Then I'll go into some kind of a, a panic attack and I'll get ready for 815 and I'll be all riled up by 815. Now, we're just having this conversation on air. And Joe Leo is a Jets fan. And he says to me, I just can't listen to Giants fans saying the last five years have been so awful. Why not? I'm not comparing my misery to yours. I'm not saying that the last 40 years for Giants football hasn't been successful. I'm not looking to throw back Super Bowl titles. I'm not saying the Giants beating the Patriots not once but twice in the Super Bowl wasn't sensational. All I'm saying on an island is that the last five years have been awful for the Giants and their fan base. I'm not saying worse than what you had to endure. I'm not saying the Giants or the Jets. No, the Giants, I mean, here's the thing. If the Yankees went five straight years of going 62 and 100, you don't think the Yankees fan base would lose their mind? The Yankees fan base loses their mind when they lose in the American League Championship Series. How many Yankee fans call me and say, we haven't been to the World Series since 2009. Do you know how excruciating that is? Shut up. I'm not comparing me to you, Joe. Why are you comparing you to me? Because it's an, it's an awful take. It. No, no, no. Giants fans are the ones that do it. They're the ones that bring this upon themselves. And every Giant fan that I know that is my age has seen two Super Bowls so what? in their lifetime. They, you don't, there's a grace period with championships. You don't get to complain. So if you so so what, what, how long is the grace period? This team hasn't been to the playoffs in, in in six years. This team hasn't won a playoff game before last week in eleven years. That's not a long time. The Jets haven't been the last time. The I don't Jets care were, about the Jets. I you know how much I care about the Jets? Nothing. I'll urinate. I don't what? care. It means nothing to me. What? Nothing. I'm not comparing the Jets. Do the Jets have it worse? Yes, the okay. Jets have it worse. Why are you comparing the Giants to the Jets? Because the Giant, I'm not the one that that's bringing this to the table. It's the Giant fans that bring this to the table. You've heard Giants fans say we've had it worse than the Jets? Yes. No. Yes. No, you have not. Yes, I have. No, st- you're lying to me. All right. Giants fans have not said that. The Jets haven't been to the playoffs in 12 years. But the Giants, up until this year, they were not above 500 once in a five-year span. That's not easy to do. And also, during this abyss of five years, the Jets fans had to go through the Adam Gase era. So that alone but it has is to, worse. You, have, you are irrelevant to me. I don't understand why are you bringing the Jets into the conversation. Why can't I isolatedly talk about the Giants and say the last five years for the Giants were an abomination? I, I just don't think it's in a vacuum. Oh, my God. So not going to the playoffs for five years is great, is what you're looking to do. Again. Not having a winning record for five years is what you're looking to do. Not winning a playoff game for, for 12 years is what you're looking to do. I'm not comparing it to the Jets. I'm just saying, are those things that you're looking to do as an organization? No, but welcome to my life. Well, I, But I don't care. You're, I, I mean, how many times do you have to tell me the Jets are irrelevant to this conversation? The Jets definitively have it worse than the Giants, but the Jets aren't part of this conversation. I'm looking at the Giants in a vacuum. That's it. 
And now you're quiet, aren't you? And a, and a discussion. If you if you don't want to see it, then again, Harv, Harvey, Harv. Yes, sir. Who's right? Who's right? Yeah. Nobody. I'm not going to pick a side on this because I feel bad for Jets fans that they've had to but suffer it, and wallow in soil for the past decade. But why and does half. it have anything to do with the Jets? Because so, so if so if the if so no one so, so no but how can the Jets complain when there's the Detroit Lions out there? Huh? To me, to me, it's the back in the Jets complain when the Cleveland Browns are out there. To me, it's big brother, little brother when it comes to this stuff. Like you mentioned the Yankees going, you know, 12, 13 years without a title. And you guys have gone, what, 30, almost 40 without not a World Series. For, not almost 40. It's almost there. No, it's not almost to 40. They'll have well, a title by 40. Oh, well, really? Yeah, I think so. All right. I doubt it. Okay. File that away. You think in the next you think in the next three years the Mets aren't going to win a title? I I beg to differ. But that's but again irrelevant, <laughs> irrelevant. It's li- it's Big Brother Little Brother to this, to this type of stuff. Um, I don't think anybody's right for this well, conversation. I'm right, and you know I'm right. And you just don't want to admit it because you share a studio with him. That that's the truth. Is that you're locked in a control room with him for the next five hours, and that's why you don't want to take my side. But if I if you were asked in a court of law, who's right? You'd say me. Court of law. Yeah. Court of law, you're called up, cross-examined. Uh, Mr. Cruz in the Rothenberg versus Leo argument. Who's accurate? You'd say me. What do I get if I say you? You don't get you. You, you know what? You have a clean conscience. Then <laughs> you don't. You don't. Get, you don't have contempt of court. Is what you get. No, Harvey, you would agree with him, but you're both. Both of you are wrong. <laughs> why am both I there? Of you are wrong. Why am I in the middle of this now? <laughs> Because you're here. Because you're here and you're part of the show. And, and I've asked you and I put you on the spot. And now you're, you're being cowardly and weaselly and you won't answer the question. Your Honor, I am safe from this conversation. No, you know what? Answer the question. I, I, you can answer it however you want. Neither Joe nor I will get angry at you. I, I'll tell you what we'll do. I, and this is a solemn promise to you right now. You just say, you're right, Dave, or Joe, you're right. And the second you give that answer, I will go to a call. Promise you. My conscience is clean. Your Honor, I'm staying away. You, you, are, you know what? You're weaselly is what you are. Joe, we, do you promise not to give him a hard time? No. I want, I want the honest answer. <laughs> right, so you want the answer too. Yeah, no. He won't do it because he's a weasel. I've been saying this all week. He's had to hear, he has had to hear this for four so days. So, Joe, Joe, I mean, he's got to pick a side. Absolutely. So I pick agree. a side and we'll move right on. Go ahead, pick a side. Joe's right. Wow. All right. Let's go to uh, Danny in Centerport. Danny, you're on 9870 ESPN. Wow, Dave, that makes it real tough for me. All the mornings you're talking, that makes it tough for me to get involved knowing knowing you you know how much of a bleeding hot jet fan I am. But this is not about that. This is your day, as I said the other day, man. This day's for you and, and, you know, people like yourself, my brother-in-law, my niece, nephew, every big giant fan, you, you deserve this. You know, Dave, I, I want to give you a quick story, man, because you know I'm, I'm good for a story. But, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, anybody doesn't get what you were talking about, about where your fandom comes from. First off, I don't even know how you slept last night. During watching games is the most ang- ang- anxious I am. I'm not an anxious person, but the games, like you said, almost become no fun. They're not Freaking fun. The losses, games are not fun. 
I know. Post games are great. Pre of course, when you win, pre games are great. Saturday nights are great. You know, as I told you before, Sunday morning getting up, making the, the Sunday sauce, and all those good feelings. But the game is just gut wrenching. It's it's almost unenjoyable. And I told you this the last time. When my wife walked away, she got so invested, she can't even watch the games. She's like, "This is no fun with you." You know what I mean? So anyway, listen. What I'm getting at, Dave, is you you hit it right on. People that don't get it, I understand. I almost feel bad for him. You know, my dad was a, a New York City cop, and you know, my mom and dad were divorced. And at, at about six, seven years old, we used to pull up to Shea Stadium. Okay, he would flash his badge. We would park wherever we wanted. We would go into, like, the police headquarters below Shea Stadium and have a full-course spread, walk up to any seat that we wanted to, and it would, it's what made me a fan. And although we weren't tight and it wasn't, you know, we didn't have the best dad-son bond, that was something that we did and you'll And, Danny, you'll, ne- you'll never forget it. Never Until forget. the day you, you know, go, you'll it. never forget it. It's, yeah. it, is, it is, And it doesn't matter if it's your dad or if it's your mom or Correct. your brother, your sister, your friend. It doesn't matter. It's <laughs> It's those you memories from when you're little that ring true for your entire that, life. Yeah, it makes you, it gives you this fandom you have, and people that don't experience it. I mean, you know, we used to go to the worst diner in the world before once in a while, and then and then the meals afterward. All of it just culminates into what makes you the fan, and and it's why you you bleed the way you do. And and listen again, Dave, man, listen, enjoy this, brother. I, I, for a Jet fan, and I get it with Jolie. I'm not even going to get into that conversation, but it, it's really a damn shame. We we were close to having a magical magical couple of weekends with both these teams and hopefully we can join the party man but listen i took the eagles today dave because i had to and i wanted to let you know in the survival pool i didn't want to my gut feeling i'm telling you this now and i will speak to you next week my gut feeling is today you win this game i'm telling you there's something in the air that is going to make this giant team pull this game out i don't know how but they're going to do it man so enjoy it and i will speak thanks to you danny away, you, you know it's amazing it. Thanks. You know what's amazing? And I don't have this. The excitement for another fan base. Like the fact that he can be a Jets fan and call and he's so, I mean, he's so excited and he, he it matters so much to him what happens to others. It's, that's like a selfless guy is what that is. I don't have that at all. Even a little bit. Now, I'll, I'll have it tomorrow for RJ. For my producer during the week, because I dislike the Cowboys, but it's not like I care for the Niners. And remember, the Niners and the Giants used to be enormous rivals. They played in the postseason year after year after year, right? The Giants ended their three-peat. Giants knocked out Joe Montana. They knocked out Joe Montana twice in the postseason. 86, they crushed Joe Montana. LT picked off that pass, took it back for a touchdown. And then 90, Leonard Marshall effectively ended the reign of Montana going for a three-peat, and, and he never played for San Francisco again on that play that the Giants had that. that. That, to me, people say, what's the greatest game you've ever seen? I think the 1990 NFC Championship game, greatest game I've ever seen. Favorite game ever. More than the, 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 the Super Bowl in 2008? Yeah, I, I think so. That game was so intense. I've heard Lawrence Taylor interviewed about that game, and he says he didn't— he didn't even know how much time there was left in the game, what the situation was like. He just said he went out there and, and went bananas on every play. That, that game was the hardest-hitting, most intense, physical, pounding game I've ever seen in my All right, life. All right, Don. I don't know what he said there, but I, I heard what he said about that game. 1-800-919-3776. It's feisty today. It's exciting today. This playoff, you smell that? You know what that is, Harv? Joe Leo? It's playoff football. That, my friend, smells 
like playoff football. Rothenberg with you solo, Saturday morning, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. This is the biggest football day in New York in over a decade. Right? That's not that's not hyperbole, right? That's is that legitimate? Or you want to argue Joe Leo? Is it fair to say today is the biggest football day in New York in over a decade? Absolutely. Okay. So so there we agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Good. You're right. You're right. I'm right. We're right. Exactly that. 1-800-919-3776. This is a monster day. And I think part of the nice... See, now I've heard that Philadelphia, they're like laughing about this game. Like they think they're going to go out there, win by three touchdowns. It'll be non-competitive. Fine. But you have a tie game at halftime. There's no pressure on the Giants for this game. None. All that pressure mounts on Philadelphia. The longer this game stays one possession the more you love it for the Giants. Right now, 17-14, fourth quarter, six minutes to go. Eagles with the lead. You take it. You'd have to. You imagine the Giants went on a walk-off kick. Oh, how delicious would that be? There's, there's no way that they could win that it wouldn't be delightful. But could you imagine it was just a, a you know crowd and fever pitch and then it just gets ripped away in that one moment? Would be amazing. 1-800-919-3776. I said to my wife a few weeks ago, I said, do you realize how different my life would be if Norwood would have made the field goal? And she's like, how different really would it have been? I was like, what? She's like, how different really would your life be if Norwood would have made the field goal? I was like, that entire, like, what's that, that movie with um, Gwyneth Paltrow, like Sliding Doors? Where if one thing happens, you know, you go down this path, and if another thing happens, it takes you down a completely different path. But you, you know what? That's what it would be like. You, I don't, I don't know what I, I don't know that I'd be married to this woman or have these children. You never know. Thank God the kick was wide right, and that we've had the last God knows how many years to discuss it. How different would the Bills fans be? How 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 less passionate would they be today? heading into their game tomorrow, looking for their first ever Super Bowl if Nora would have had that kick. Then Joe Leo would say, well, I mean, Bills fans, stop being babies. You've won your Super Bowl. You don't need to be as as emphatic and as caring as you would be otherwise. 1-800-919-3776. Mitch in East Windsor. Hi, Mitch. You're on 98.7. Good morning, Dave. I guess you say this is a bonus show. This is a bonus show, and next week will be a bonus show, and the week after that will be a bonus show. A lot of bonus shows. Okay, we take it. Well, I'm glad you saw on Monday through Friday. Um, why are these games on late, though? Well, is this a new thing now? They have Saturday night games so late, starting eight fifteen in the cold. I mean, let's have. I think this is the what they do like, now. I, I think I think this, yeah. this divisional weekend you get the four thirty and the eight fifteen, and tomorrow they used to do one in four thirty, but they've switched that to a right. a three and a and a prime time at six thirty also. Six thirty tomorrow. You know, people have to work on Monday mornings. I, I, anyway, Mitch, um, no, nobody has to wake up earlier for work than me. So stop. Come on. The game's going to be over by 10 o'clock. You can, you, what time do you go to bed on, on Sunday night normally? Uh, 9.30. I get up at like 5.12. All right. Well, yeah, exactly yeah. 5.12. Right. Fine. So, so, you, so now tomorrow night you'll go to bed at 9.45. Hey, I, you, you, can, you can push through. You'll be all right. All right. As long as the Niners win tomorrow, 
let's not see an old, old NFC East. Who, who saw that coming in the conference games? Hey, by the way, you, you mentioned about the AFC has such good quarterbacks. But the NFC, you're almost there, but you can't put a, you know, a, give him a, a definite thumbs up. Dak, you never know what you're getting with him. No, the, the quarterbacks in the AFC are so – I mean, come on. Burrow is completely changed in organization. AFC, every, all those quarterbacks are really good. And there's one more, uh, Justin Herbert, but that wasn't his fault that, you know, the coach – can uh, doesn't know how to run out of no, clock. Run, run the ball. I mean, for God's sakes, run right. the football. You're, you're right. Thanks for the call, Mitch. I appreciate it. 1-800-919-377. The quarterbacks in the AFC are at a, a, a completely different level. Prescott's good. Jones' good. Hurts is, you know, probably going to be second in the MVP voting. But if I said to you, you could have Joe Burrow or, or Jalen Hurts, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even think about it, right? You'd go Burrow. Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts, you probably wouldn't think about it. Mahomes, it would just be silly to have the conversation. So with, without even a second thought, Aaron Rodgers is, is is still good, I think, but not at that level. The AFC quarterback play is just, it's it's different. And that's not including Herbert. It's not including, I mean, I guess Lawrence is not there yet. It's not including Deshaun Watson, who was very good at one point, but didn't look great. But he missed a lot of time. It doesn't include Lamar Jackson. Like, this is just the guys that are alive right now. It's a di- completely different level. Matt in Rockaway. Matt, good morning. You're on 98.7. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm excited. I'm anxious. I got all the feels this morning. Yeah, first off, just real quick from an outsider's perspective, I'm, a, I'm an Eagles fan, but Joe Leo saying that there's Giants fans out there crying that they have it worse than the Jets is, is insane. I've never heard that in my well, life. But it doesn't, so. it doesn't exist. That's, that's in his mind. No one has ever that's, said that's, that. that. Right. It's, it's, just, it's, not, it's not real. It's not no. reality. But wouldn't you wouldn't you agree though? And you actually sound like a like I'm because most Eagles fans have like a a a second head coming out of their neck. So you actually sound like you're a somewhat Eagles fan. We would get along. We would get along. I mean, obviously, we we don't like each other for our our teams. But I've been listening to you for years since I've been living in New York City, and we would definitely get along. We're 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 on the opposite sides today. But right, right. uh, That's what I'm saying too. You you sound like you're actually a functional, decent human being and a a good fan. But here's my question for you. There's some of us out there. Yeah, are. not a lot of Eagles fans, though. But you seem like you're one of the no, few. Would, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you say that the Giants fan has the right to complain about what the last five years have been? Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been bad for the Giants. Let's be real. It's, it's been bad. Between the GM, between the coaches, between, uh, it's been bad for the Giants. Obviously, I've been totally fine with that. And I just wanted to say this, too. Just from an Eagles fan perspective to you, I am much more nervous, scared about the Giants going forward than I am the Cowboys, and I mean that in a in a good way for you, a bad way. For so, me. so, so the Giants give you more concern than Dallas would next week. Yes, yes, because you always know Jerry's going to meddle in there. He's going to not get the right coach. Something's going to go. This it seems like like I, I will give you this. This is what I'm nervous about today. Obviously, yeah. I. We have the better roster. You obviously have said that. We have the better roster. We have the more talented team. You do have the coaching edge, I would say, and I would say on both sides of the ball. I and agree I, with that. that. That's, yep. not, that's not a knock on Sirianni. I think no, Sirianni no, no. I think, I think Sirianni's done a phenomenal well, job. I think, Dable, I think Dable is special, and I think Wink Martindale is special, and I'm hoping Wink Martindale gets a head coaching job and gets out of the division, to be honest with you, from an Eagles fan perspective. I want that guy. Because Dable's not – obviously, I want Dable out, too. But well, Dable's going to be here anywhere. for a very long time. 
Yeah, he's going to be there for a long time. But I'm hoping Wink gets a head coaching job somewhere else and gets out of that this division because I think he's – I don't see how the Ravens let him go. And how does the Ravens let Greg Norman, Norman go too? Roman, I don't understand yeah. that. Uh, yeah, like well, I mean, they want they want to run it. They, they want because he didn't run a good offense for Lamar Jackson, and they've said we're all in on Lamar, and we're going to accordingly hire oh, the right guy to, to to run his offense. The, the report was like, oh, he's stepping down because of the slide in the offense. He hasn't had Lamar Jackson for how many weeks now? I mean, yeah, I, but, I, but I, think he, I mean, they have one play, he, they he, have one playoff win with Greg Roman as offensive coordinator under Lamar. It's true, but I, I to be honest with you, I think he got the most out of Lamar Jackson that you can get out. That, but here's the thing. My, my, is Lamar ran a pro-style offense in Louisville and did it elitely. And for some reason, Greg Roman just doesn't think he can run that level of offense. Well, why not give Lamar the weapons to see if he's able to run like that? Uh, let's go to Alan Harrison. Good morning, Al. You're on 98.7, buddy. Good morning, Dave. Um, I was listening. I'm here working on Saturday. Giant fan since Yankee Stadium. I'm 71 years old. You sound <laughs> very youthful, by the way. Well, I swap because I'm uh, I got a bone marrow transplant about six years ago from a 21 year old girl in California. That's why I sound youthful. Maybe so. (laughs) Maybe. But here's my point: your comments before about how excruciating these games are to watch, how they're not fun. I totally get it. Do you? I I thought people were going to hear that and be like, "What an idiot this guy sounds like." No, no, you're not an idiot. You're a fan, and and it's like a catharsis. Uh, it, it's you're biting your nails, you're you're screaming at every play, you're screaming at the television. Can't you guys tackle? It's it's like the analogy I told your producer is like you're walking around all day in a pair of tight shoes, and you can't wait to get them off. And when you get them off, it's such a relief. But if they cause blisters, those blisters last a week. So if the Giants win, it's like taking the shoes off, and it's nirvana if they lose it's like suffering with those blisters for the next week um your your now your your comment about the greatest football game you ever saw the uh, the nfc championship game in san francisco i guess it was in candlestick at the time it was uh, when leonard marshall when leonard marshall knocked out joe montana i had the uh, the privilege of being in a restaurant in new jersey about four or five years ago with my wife and who comes walking in Leonard Marshall and his wife, and they sit in the table right next to us. I don't want to interrupt his dinner, but you can't miss Leonard Marshall. And I'm walking out the door after we pay our check. He looks up our eyes glance, uh, check, and I say, Leonard Marshall, right? He goes, yeah. I say, I got to tell you, you, you gave me one of the greatest moments as a Giant fan I could ever hope for when you knock Montana into next Tuesday. And he just smiled and said, yeah, that was a pretty good play, wasn't it? And I said, yes. That game was fraught with, you said, hard hitting. Oh. I remember the first time some linebacker, I don't know, it was Gary Reasons or somebody, hit Roger Craig. You could hear it. You could feel it on the other side of the TV. It was just, it, it was just a heavyweight fight. And then at the end of the game, when uh, Barr kicks that field goal, he comes walking off the field and he goes, man, that was for the troops. He looked like. He looked like Neil Young when he said it. Oh, God, was, was just, that stressful. That, but, that was but, something else. And thanks for the call. I, I got to run. I was a senior in high school, and I remember going into school the next day like I, like I just won the lottery, like Giants jersey, walking down the halls like I was the king, like I had anything to do with it. But it, that's how you feel. That's how you feel. All right, Joe Leo, Harv, let's go now. Stump, 
Rothenberg. 1-800-919-3776. We're having a hell of a show. I'm having a great time. I'm glad to be with you today. I hope we get to continue this throughout January and February. Stump Rothenberg, you know how we play. 1-800-919-3776. It's next, and it's right here on 9870 ESPN. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. He knows sports. I'm intrigued by a lot of guys. And he's very humble. I go away, this show dies. So now it's time to see if you can stump Rothenberg. Is the DS4 or 7, by the way? And here we are, January the 21st, the Stump Rothenberg edition on 98.7 ESPN. Of course, this could be the last Saturday show, or Giants win, it will not be the last Saturday show. Joe Leo, we're early on in the calendar year. Where are we as far as the Stump Rothenberg record? 29-7. and seven. That's not bad. Not bad at all. We got to get over the 40-win barrier today. Um... Now, here's the issue. Harv, you said to me you have a big surprise for me on Stump Rothenberg. Is that accurate? We've got a big surprise. Would you like to start off the surprise right now? I would suggest you do. You you think I should start with the surprise? Start off with the surprise. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, all right. Let's start out with the surprise. I don't know I don't know what this is. or what, what, So what do I do? Just bring him in. Bring who in? We'll bring in the guest right now. Guest, surprise, state your name. Well, hello, Dave. I don't know if this is a big surprise, but it is your old board op and producer, Jake Montgomery. Oh, Jake Montgomery. It's like a, this is your life edition of uh, of the Rothenberg Show. Hello, Jake. How are you? I'm doing really well. And as you mentioned on your show earlier this week uh, with DiPietro, I am now running social media for 98.7. We got to hang out in studio. You're, he's a, he's a big Taylor. deal. I want to ride your coattails, Jake <laughs> Montgomery. That's all I want to do. Well, Dave, well, the reason why I'm calling today is last week when I heard that this might be your last Saturday show ever. Hopefully not, you know, Jake. Giants, hopefully, hopefully not. not. Well, I was going to say, the, although the Giants fan in me wants to believe you'll be on Saturdays until early February, um, I just wanted to call in and really say from the bottom of my heart, Dave, thank you for all you have done on Saturdays for the last several years. Um, I've been in sports radio now for about 10 years. I'm 29 years old. Being your producer and board op for almost two years um, was without question one of the biggest highlights of my entire career. And you made working early on Saturdays extremely easy and fun. And I just wanted to make sure I called in before in case, unfortunately, this is the last Saturday show. Um, and I wanted to say thank you. Well, you're, ver- you're very welcome. Uh, working with you is a tremendous, um, tremendously fun and entertaining and easy as well. And I want you to call again next week. And give me the same All right. speech. It, that's, that's a deal. If the Giants win today, I'll call next week. And you know, and as the listeners know, I love Stump Rothenberg, so Everybody I wanted to it. call in with a question. So let's start off the segment. Dave, hopefully not my last question ever, but here is my Stump Rothenberg question. Brian Dable, our man, tonight can become just the 15th rookie head coach since the 1970 merger to lead his team to a conference championship game. Only one rookie head coach has done that over the last 10 years. Name that rookie head coach. Oof. 
But this is going to take a minute now. Um, lead them to a championship game. In the last 10 years. Correct. Over the last 10 years, only one rookie head coach has led his team to a conference championship game. Who is that rookie head coach? But there's been 15 all time. All right. Okay. Since 1970. Uh, I'm going to say Matt LaFleur, 2019. And Dave, although I haven't been with you in a few months, you have not lost your touch at all. It is, in fact, Matt LaFleur, 2019. Well, thank and you hopefully, for that. and hopefully for hopefully for our Giants fans, Brian Dable joins him on that list. And if you remember that game, Green Bay lost to San Francisco 37-20, but Jimmy Garoppolo was terrible. He was six for eight with only 77 yards with no touchdowns. But Raheem Mustard ran Moster, for 220 yards and four. Mustard, 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 Moster, Jake, come on. What? Whatever you put on your hot dog, he ran for 220 yards and four touchdowns. So hopefully Saquon can kind of resemble that and the Giants move on. But anyway, Dave, I love you. Thank you for letting me be a part of hopefully not your last Saturday show. And if the Giants win, I will definitely call in again next week. All right. That is the great Jake Montgomery. And that, if you're scoring at home, and hopefully you are, is uh, one and oh. Let's go out to L.A. and bring in Jonathan. Jonathan, you, my friend, are on Stump Rothenberg. Well, how's it going, Dave? Uh, for some, we'll be rooting for the Giants, so we can have you on for another Saturday. I'm unifying uh, the city, John. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> nice, nice. Dave, quick question, really quick. Uh, for stop, what days is it on the on the Monday through Friday? Is it on Wednesday? Yeah, it's on Wednesdays at seven forty-five. Seven forty-five. You got it. You bet I will be calling in. I can't wait for the so, calls. Uh, thank you, Dave. So here goes the question. Yeah. Uh, last week, Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions in a playoff game. This is the question. Who has the most interceptions in one game in NFL history? Not playoff game. Not playoff. In NFL history in general. Um. So it's probably going to be like... Now, there's one that I remember. Uh, Ty Detmer had, I think he had seven. I think there's a couple guys with seven. Is that the number you're looking for, seven? No, it's not seven. Is it? It's more than seven? So that are we going back a very long time? Not that long time, but sort of. Are we going back to like the the, the 50s, the, the quarterback for Chicago against Philadelphia, and I can't really remember his name, but is that where we're going back to? It sure is that one. Oh. Uh, I... I know of the game, and the number must be eight, and I don't remember his name. And it was Chicago, and I don't even think I think it was like the Cardinals played uh, the Eagles, but I don't, I, but I don't know his name, so I'm not going to get it. So you're going to win. All right, nice. It's uh, Jim Hardy, eight interceptions. Jim Hardy, there you go. Now we'll put him on hold, and he can play round two. Do you do you care for that question, Joe Leo? Honestly, like you look at that question, you're like that's a that's a winning question. I didn't know Joe Hardy. I mean, I would have given it to you because you got 90% of the way there. But I, I didn't know his name. Yeah, but, I mean, you knew the team. You knew what year it was. 
Yeah, but I, again, I don't. I, whatever, it's fine. All right, whatever. It's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll move on. We're one in one. Let's go to Harry Staten Island. Harry, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, Dave. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. All right. So my question is: After Trevor Lawrence's miraculous comeback last week, he is attempting to become the fourth quarterback taken number one overall to win his first two playoff games. Can you name two of the other three? Roethlisberger, maybe. Um, Mark Sanchez. Um... Roethlisberger, I think, lost his second game in 04. Well, it's got to be the first overall pick. Okay. So the first overall pick to have won. So this this completely throws my... Um, first overall pick. Well, it's not Tim Couch. No, uh, not Tim First overall pick. It's not Kyler Murray. It's not. I mean, that's, we'll just go. I wonder if it's Jared Goff. Could be Jared Goff. I'm gonna put that as a maybe. And then before that was what Winston. How about? Sam Bradford? It's not him. Stafford? No, because he lost early on. Give me the question again. It's 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 the, the first overall pick to win their first, first pick two playoff first. games. Is that accurate? Yes, but it has to be a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Jared Goff would be a final answer for one. Is that right? Final answer? Well, that's for one. You said I have to get two, correct? Correct. Two out of three. Yeah, I'll, I'll go golf for one of the three. Yes, that's not correct. Oh God, do I get another chance? Or you want to? You want to say we're done here? I'll um, leave it up to you. It's up to you. I mean, if you're it's your show, Dave, it's your last Saturday. Potentially. Uh, no, it's not. Potentially, I, I we we hope the Giants win. So this guy had to go to the championship game. Eli lost his first. Cam Newton. No. I don't know then. All right. So the three quarterbacks were Joe Burrow. Oh, I forgot about Joe Burrow. Okay. Troy Aikman and Jim Plunkett. All right. So that would have been a long time. That's, I, Burrow I should have gotten. Aikman and Plunkett were more difficult. All right. That's a good question. So that that's incorrect. So that's one and two. Bad job by me. Uh, let's go to Anthony in the mail truck who adores uh, Stump Rothenberg. Good morning, Anthony. Hello, David. Hello, Anthony. First of all, I don't know how Ray can say that he's not rooting for the Giants, being that if you guys win and we can beat the Niners, we play at home 
against the Giants? Because he doesn't know Who what's happening. Who wouldn't want that? Why would you want? Uh, yeah, because he okay, doesn't. Anyway. He doesn't know what the hell's uh, happening. <laughs> that's that's the truth of the so matter. My question, my question to you on a potential last uh, Saturday Stump Rothenberg show right. is: Who has the most receiving yards by a tight end in a single game in NFL history? And for a bonus, hang I on, ha- hang on, hang here. on, yeah, go hang ahead. on, go hang on. Is this regular yeah. season or anything? Anything. Uh, it's Shannon Sharp. Do you know how many yards he had? Uh, over 200. And do you know who he did it against? The Chiefs. Oh, I love you, Dave. And there you go. And that's two and two. So I've gotten two wrong, but I thought that was a pretty good one. Let, let's break. Come back, and we'll bang out all these Stump Rothenberg questions. Me and you on a great Saturday on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Two and two through four questions. 1-800-919-3776. This is Stump Rothenberg. Let's go to Luke in Connecticut. Luke, you're on Stump. What's up, Dave? What's up, Luke? No Not wrestling much, question guys. today? No, I got uh. a boxing question for my Bustello uh, brother, Raymond. It's a Rocky question. All right. All right. What real-life boxer Chuck Wepner. is Rocky Bates? And just like he knocked out Ali, the Giants will knock out the Eagles, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye, Luke. That's three and two. Let's go to Steve in Brooklyn. Steve, you're on Stump Rothenberg. So it has to get involved with the potentially last Saturday stump segment. But I do hope the Wednesday stump segment can evolve to how Saturdays have been with records, daily doubles, and all the trimming. I don't know. Rick, Rick is not easy to work with, and he stands in the way often. So if, if we can develop it into that, we will. But, you know, I got I got baggage. This is one of the best segments in radio, so hopefully we could arrange that with the management. Well, I appreciate that. Go ahead. What's your question? I got a baseball question. Who was the first player with back-to-back 40 home run seasons with two different teams? Hmm. Um, This is going to be a... Forty home run seasons. I mean, you wonder if it's Ruth. Did Ruth do it on the Red Sox and the Yankees? I will say this wasn't that long ago, and seven players have All done right. it since this guy. So, right. eight, so but you're, look, you're looking for the first, first one. Now, okay, let me ask you this. When you say two different teams, like the Milwaukee and Atlanta Braves would not be considered two different teams. Is that accurate? No, no. Two separate franchises each okay. year. So it can't be Aaron. And then I'm it, – it, 
and then it can't be Killebrew either, right? Because he, he did it with the same the Senators and Twins, I believe. Yep, two totally different teams. Like I said, not that long ago, even though seven players have done it since this guy. All right. I'm thinking A-Rod, but maybe not. How about a man who vowed to never play with the Yankees? Could it be maybe the sweetest swing I've ever seen? With the Mariners and the Reds, Ken Griffey Jr. So Griffey and A-Rod both did it, but the first to do it was the big cat, Andres Galarraga, 97 Rockies, 98 Really? Wow. So Galarraga did it with, with who? He did it with what, the Braves and the Rockies? Or the Expos and the Rockies? Wow. A bad job. I didn't even think of Galarraga. Good job by him. All right. That's three and three. Let's go to, uh, this is funny, Disco in Connecticut. Disco, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Yeah, how you doing, Dave? Good morning. Good. Go ahead, Disco. What you got? All right. This is your wheelhouse, Seinfeld. Okay. What Yankee was riding with George when they got when somebody stuck their middle finger up at him? Uh, Danny Tartable. You the man. Thank you. Thank oh. you. That's, there you go. That's four and three. Joe Leo, you said you have a question, right? Yes, I do. All right. And it actually is another Seinfeld question for you. Oh, look at you. All right. What is George Costanza's middle name? George. I think it's Lewis, but I need a moment. Elaine Marie Bennis. Is it George, George Lewis Costanza? I think so. And I actually think it's a, it's it's in honor of the great Lou Costello. Jerome Seinfeld, Elaine Marie Bennis. It's got to be. It's it's George. I, now I, I feel confident. George Lewis Costanza. And I feel confident that you're right. Yeah, that's five and three. That's an, I, Seinfeld. Is, you, you're gonna have to wake up real early to get me on a Seinfeld question. Let's go to Chris and Beth Page. Chris, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Dave, there have been seven Catholic colleges who won the NCAA basketball tournament. You know Georgetown, Villanova, and Marquette are three of them. Can you name two of the other four? Seven Catholic have won. I gave you Georgetown, Villanova, and Marquette. Can you give me two of the other four? Uh, LaSalle. That's one. Holy Cross. I went there, of course. Are you good? Can you give me the two others? You already won, but can you give me the two others? Loyola of Chicago. Look at you. And I don't know that I know the fourth. Bill Russell School. San Francisco. You got it, pal. Great there we go. That's another. Now we're cooking. Now we're cooking. All right. Uh, Joe Leo, I'd say we, we start the, uh, the college portion of this. Let's go to John in L.A. John, <clears throat> excuse me, you're on Stump Rothenberg. All right, Dave, here it is. All right, here uh, we go. 17-year 17 17 year NFL veteran, Falcons great kicker, Matt Bryant. Matt Bryant, you say Falcons great kicker. He was also a, a member of the New York Football Giants, and he was involved. Yes, sir. Um, I think he went to a couple schools. I think he went to Baylor and Oregon State. Final answer? 
Uh, yeah, a final answer. All righty, Dave. Got it right. Talk to you Wednesday. Thank you. Now, you can realize this is supposed to be a skill position player, but since he played for the Giants, I, I had that answer ready to go. Harry, Staten Island. Harry, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Dave, has anyone gotten you back-to-back weeks on both portions of the segment? Oh, no. I think only one person has ever gotten me on both portions, period. Well, I got you last week on right. Frank Thomas and George Bell, so I'm trying to get you this week again. Let's see what we got. All right. Indianapolis Colts tight end, Mo Alley-Cox. Mo Alley-Cox, who I believe also played college basketball. And he's in, he's one of those. Um, went to Virginia Commonwealth. Uh, Dave, you are too good. Yeah, very, very good college basketball player. Uh, all right. Uh, let's finish off these people who try to get the Daily Double. Let's go to Steve in Brooklyn. Steve, you're up. Mr. Minnesota Timberwolves, Sam Mitchell. Sam Mitchell, who I believe was an original member of the Minnesota Timberwolves. He went to Mercer. Mercer. He did. Yeah, he That's sure did. All right, and now, hopefully not for the final time, Joe Leo, the five-pack. I'm uh, channeling my inner Ray Santiago with this one. It's all Eagles today. <laughs> Keith Jackson. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yep. <laughs> Anthony Tony. Oh, I didn't hear what you said. What did you say? Anthony Tony. Anthony Tony. I mean, that's a brutal one. I think he went to Texas A&M, but I mean, nobody knows who Anthony Tony is. He did. <laughs> better than that. Fringe Hall of Famer Ricky Waters. Uh, Notre Dame. Yep. <laughs> Irving Fryer. Number one pick in the draft from Nebraska. Yep. <laughs> and former wide receiver Mike Quick. Mike Quick. He was good. He's not Harold Carmichael good, but he was good. Did he go to... I think he went to NC State. You're right. And there we go. So what did we finish at there? 14-3. and three. Not bad. Not bad So at all. where are we? Give me the update of where we actually are. We are 45-10. and 10. All right. Hopefully we continue this gorgeous segment next Saturday at 10.30 in the morning. We have an hour to play with. At 11.15, we do a frenzy. People, it's a Giants day. So line them up. Line them up. We are nine hours and 15 minutes away from the biggest day in New York football in over a decade. And that's not Rothenberg craziness hyperbole. That is factually accurate. Let's go. Rothenberg with you. 98.7 ESPN.